morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Two Scene Podcast. Welcome, first-time listeners, to the Two Scene Podcast, the podcast where two aspiring sports journalists sit down and talk baseball. I am your host, Tyler Foy, and alongside me is my co-host, Nathan Lannon. How are you doing today, Nate? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's late, but I am doing good. It is late, and I just got done with a five-hour Twitch stream today. <laughs> I'm feeling a lot of fatigue, but we are getting the recording done tonight, and we are going to have that episode up, and it's going to be great. We're going to have a great recording because we are finishing up our predictions week. But before we can get into our National League predictions, we are looking for sponsors. If you're interested in getting an ad read for your business, email the 2 pod at gmail.com or direct message us on Twitter at the 2 pod. So yeah, we got, we got these National League predictions coming in hot. We're going to work from west to east and then give our playoffs. And then we will be crowning who we believe is going to be the 2021 World Series champion. That's right. Now, I feel like when we talk about that, <laughs> National League West, mm. there's a there's two main teams that obviously stick out, and they're the two teams that had the off-seasons and did things. And, like, looking at those two top teams, we got to talk about the ones that were the World Series champions last year, the defending champs. How we feel that those Dodgers will fare in this 2021 season. I think they'll win the division. I, I don't really see any reason why they shouldn't. I know the Padres did get a lot better, and I, I think that you could dub the odd the Padres offseason champions with all the moves they made. That's very true. But at the same time, there isn't really much to argue against the Dodgers winning the division again. And and the rich did get richer. They did sign Trevor Bauer, and losing Jock Peterson won't hurt enough. Hurt losing Kike probably yeah. won't hurt enough. Right. They still have prospects such as Gavin Lux coming through the pipeline, and they have a lot of players there. They are young, and what is more impressive to that is when you look at their World Series run and their and their team that they had there, every single pitcher contributed. It felt like every single person on that lineup, every single person on that roster contributed to that World Series win. So it's not like it's just a few stars that are really making a pop. It's an entire right. team. It's a machine, really. And when I look at, you know, a team like the Padres that did make a lot of moves, we haven't seen them all play together. I mean, you know, it's hard because you want to play it by the statistics on paper. But right. a lot of these people, new city, yeah. a new culture, you don't know how exactly they're going to fit in. Right. It's easier to pick the Dodgers at this point in time because they've already played together. They've already been, a, that core has already been a multiple World Series together. I mean, minus Mookie, but obviously he's what put them over the top. And having that core already having already have played together without huge new additions besides Trevor Bauer is, I think, gives the Dodgers the edge in the long run here. And I think keeping Justin Turner as like a veteran player, no matter what happens with his career, he's probably he's going to be starting a third probably. But yeah, you know, I think keeping him was pretty big for them, a kind of franchise player for them in a sense. And they have a lot of franchise players at this point. But yeah, I I believe like keeping Justin Turner was a good move. Walker Bueller this season. Mm. Um, next episode will be our will include our award predictions episode, but. I think that Walker Bueller is a Cy Young candidate. Mm. Uh, I think he's only going to keep growing as a player, and if he gets if he gets hot, I mean that three man rotation. I mean, yeah, of it's Kershaw, Kershaw, Bueller, yeah. and Bauer that's, together. 
that's a hydra. Like the Dodgers have a hydra in their pitching staff. It, mm-hmm. No matter who is on the mound when you play against the Dodgers, you're it's not going to be easy. As a batter, you're going to be in for a rough night no matter who's on the mound against the Dodgers and it, mm-hmm. it's like having that having what I think is easily the best rotation in baseball is what I think can propel them to the World Series again. Uh, the Padres also addressed that rotation getting Blake Snell and you Darvish adding to Mike Clevenger and Chris Paddock, who's right. already on that team, uh, as well as to round it out, Denilson um, Lamette, who did show promise from last season. Mm. Um, and, you know, they did trade Luis Patino, who was their number one pitching prospect. Um, but they did get, obviously, yeah, they Blake, got Snell Blake Snell in return. They got Blake Snell. It, it, they, the Padres really might just have the second best rotation in baseball behind the Dodgers at this point, which is it feels like the two best teams in the entire National League are both in the NL West, which it it almost feels unfair that the Padres are going to be a wild card. Like I feel like whatever team goes up against the Padres in that wild card round is going to lose. Well, I wouldn't say that because it is baseball, and any team fair. can beat anybody on any day. Right. Especially different. I mean, it all comes down just, to how the pitchers start. You know. It's just the Padre. This Padres team is absolutely stacked at this point. Like I, I can't really see like of potential wild cards. I, I really struggle to see like the Mets beating them. I struggle to see the when it, when it comes down to it. I struggle to see the Mets beating them. I don't think I could see the Phillies beating them. Mm-hmm. Uh, other wild card, like maybe the Brewers or Nationals. I don't see them winning. We can talk about and we can touch yeah. on that more later in the episode after when we get to our playoff predictions. But sp- staying specifically in the West, I think it's definitely easy to just say the Dodgers are going to win that division. Right. The Padres, who have made many moves, upgrading from international signings, getting their bullpen sorted out after losing Kirby Yates, they get and put together Keon Kella. And Mark Melanson. Oh, I can't believe we forgot about Joe Musgrove. <laughs> yeah. As well. All just, these different they pitchers. They just have an army in that in that pitching staff. It's an insane. It's an army. It's it's never ending pain <laughs> for the rest of the division. Oh my god. And getting into the rest of the division, we do got to talk about the I think the Giants and the Diamondbacks who mm. are kind of competing for that third place spot. Um, the Diamondbacks losing Starling Marte is going to definitely hurt them. Losing right. Zach Gallen right now, we don't exa- I don't exactly remember the extent of Zach Gallen's injury, but losing him to the pitching staff for them, um, leaving kind of just Bumgarner to kind of lead the the D backs getting further into the season uh, is going to be very difficult for those Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, the Giants did bring in Tommy Lastella. That was a good move for them, bringing in some some sort of bat to their lineup, but I didn't really see too much more that they did. I mean, the Giants added to a team that was surprisingly strong last year. I think I really I really think the Giants could surprise people. I don't think they're a playoff team just because the NL seems kind of stacked this year. Right. But I think they'll be a bit stronger than people are gonna get than people will give them credit for. Tommy Lastello was a great move, as you said. I mean, like they didn't really do too much. They they did add a bit. I, I they did more than the Diamondbacks. They, they did, did more, do more they did than do a the, lot more than the, the Diamondbacks. Kind of just sat. Yeah, they just kind of. Sat. That's why I don't think the giant the Diamondbacks are going to be anywhere above third in the division because they didn't really do anything. I mean, they added Joaquim Soria and Asdrubal Cabrera, and that was pretty much it. They did lose Starling Marte. Like, I don't really see any reason why the Diamondbacks are going to be any better than they were last year. Whereas with the Giants, even if it's just, like, marginal improvements, you, it, I still think 
they'll be a bit better than they were last year. I think yeah, definitely you can make a case for either of those teams to mm. kind of out-edge each other over an entire season. You know, I mean, losing Starling Marte is bad, but you still have Cattell Marte there and Eduardo Escobar, who's a great bat. Mm. David Peralta's been there for how many years now, and he's going to still be there. As Drupal Cabrera is a great depth signing, as you mentioned, for a one-year deal. I think he's going to add to that lineup. It really just comes down to the team really having zero pitching staff. <laughs> I mean, zero. I mean, and you can make the same case kind of for the Giants. What do they have really there? I mean, yeah. They have Johnny Cueto. Yeah, they don't really have... Uh, they leave a lot to be desired, for sure. I, I will say... With the Diamondbacks, it just feels like they're just kind of they're just leaving Madison Bumgarner out to dry, whereas with the Giants, it's just they don't really have a name that you know like threatens you. In they that did. Staff. They did get Aaron Sanchez, who right. obviously won World Series with the Nationals just right. a couple years ago, um, and getting Alex Wood would also help that pitching staff. So they did address it. Which is important to know is that yeah, they saw a problem. They addressed it, but it wasn't enough to like. Oh no, not do, for sure. Do it wasn't enough to drastically alter the course. No, well, you got to look at where season. all the other start major starting pitching players went this offseason. Right. Anyways, they got paid, and I'm <laughs> sure the Giants in the stage that they are in are not looking to pay anybody currently. But I'm sure almost there with the rise of some of these prospects right. into their system. Right. And I think with uh, we got to talk about the last, the team that I, I think we can both agree is definitely going to be in last in the NL West in the Colorado Rockies. There's just nothing there. It's Trevor Story at this point, and that's pretty much it. It's Trevor Story, and that is where the chapter will end for them. <laughs> that is where oh my there gosh. is no more pages for them to go <laughs> off of. And really, the words are just coming off the paper for them. Yeah. You know? I mean, Ian Desmond opted out again. I think it's the front office is in turmoil. They it's... have they're barren. <laughs> I, I don't like, and especially in a division with the with where every team is like even the Diamondbacks. I think you could make the case that they're like a whole tier above the Rockies. So it's just it's going to be hard times in Colorado, especially because they got absolutely nothing in retrospect. I don't, I, you know, the Rockies are going to be bad, and I think we can, we both agree on that, but talking about agreeing and disagreeing, I think mm. we do got to talk about what we believe is going to happen with this NL West. Starting with my predictions, the Dodgers are going to take that, that top spot <laughs> with the Padres coming in at the second spot, winning the wild card, or well, taking the wild card position in the first slot as well, mm. just because they're going to have that win-loss, um... Diamondbacks are going to finish third in the division, followed by the Giants, and then in dead last, they're going to have those Colorado Rockies. <laughs> I pretty much agree with you there, except for the third and fourth slot. I have the Dodgers winning the division, and the, and the Padres coming in second, taking that first wild card slot. I have the Giants in third in the division. I think they're, if, if only marginally better than the, than the uh, Diamondbacks, but I still think that's enough to put them over Arizona I have the Diamondbacks in fourth but that really could be a coin flip and the pot and the uh Colorado Rockies in dead last in the NL West maybe even in the NL they, could they, re they could really be are even that the bad. it could yeah. be major league baseball could be major they league have baseball. to face the yeah. Dodgers and the Padres 32 yeah. times like, combined exactly and like and the argument there's arguments to be made for like maybe the Pirates or the uh Orioles will be the worst team in baseball Rangers as well ma maybe the Rangers but the, with the Pirates I mean the toughest teams they have to face that many times a year are the Brewers and Cardinals who are 
pretty and good. And we will talk yeah, about that. Yeah, we, and we will, should we will segue that into yeah. the National League Central. <laughs> and I think the most fun part about the National League Central is that I don't look at any of these teams and say, well, that's a super team. That right. team's going to win it. I think there's, and I think you could say that about every single year about the NL Central well, for the except past. For the Pirates. For the. Okay, <laughs> unnecessary pirate slander, but I mean they're not good. I I don't like it. I I like the pirates. It's just they're not. They had Chris Archer. They had Musgrove, and you know I think they had an, a decent pitching staff with some rising prospects. But now you can definitely count them out. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is they're not going to be good this but year. But for they're the past few out. years, you could look at this division and say, well, maybe the Cubs are going to come out on top. Maybe the Brewers are going to come out on top. But I think we should start with the Cardinals just because they did have a pretty active, well, maybe not an active um, offseason, but they did have probably the biggest move for any of those central teams. Yeah, that's right. I mean, Nolan Arenado, I think, is going to be what puts them over the top in that division because I I will say that while no team in the central sticks out as like a super team, and I also think that means that the division isn't exceptionally strong, I think it's one of the weaker... I don't think it's... I think despite last year's four teams from the NL Central making to the playoffs, I don't think that division is very good. I think they're, it's one of the weaker divisions in baseball. I think oh, there's a, sure. I think there's a case to... I, th- I think on a really good day, you could make the case that maybe the Brewers would be a wild card team. I, I, I still, don't know about yeah. that, but... <laughs> I do believe that the Cardinals definitely picking up Arenado is going to be a great move for them. Of course, bringing back stars, or well, not stars, but hometown heroes being Wainwright and Molina (laughs) brings the fans a little bit of some sort of comfort. You know, and I think losing Colton Wong isn't going to do too much for the Cardinals, but the Brewers gaining Colton Wong, I think, is actually going to be way more of an impact to that kind of Brewers roster. In fact, you get JBJ uh, really upgrading that defense with Lorenzo Cain also in that outfield. I mean, that's that's a pretty good outfield. Uh, Christian Yelich to kind of round things out. He's not as good of a defensive fielder, but, I mean, mm-hmm. you have these two other stars that love to rob home runs, if I right. must say. I mean, the highlight reel is that they're going to have this season. is going to be exciting to watch. Yeah. Um, and then also on that part, you do have the star, Christian Yelich, on that team. Coming back. And as for the pitching of the team, uh, you do lose Jimmy Nelson, but you do have a Brandon Woodruff who just keeps getting better every single year, in my opinion. Josh Hader as a closer, we know that he is efficient. We know that he's a good closer. At some moments, he can be a little off, and we've seen him in the clutch kind of fall off a bit but Mm. he is a great player and you know i I think that that's and i think that's what sets them apart Mm. but the cardinals also have the same thing where they have an ace in jack flaherty yeah they have jordan hicks in the bullpen and they're in a very similar situation i feel like the the cardinals have a star at every level I, i think that's that's the best case to be made for them winning the division is that because they have that star power at every level, even if it's not multiple stars at each level, it's at like some of these other division potential division winners like the Braves or the Dodgers, it's still enough. I think it's still enough to win the division. I think if you're going to make the case for the Brewers, I think they have one of, if not the deepest team in the division. I think they're, I think. Yeah, I mean, look at the yeah. depth on those guys. And I think that's what the Cardinals kind of lack is the depth right. of their team. I mean, you do have a guy like Tyler O'Neill and you have Harrison Bader. Those are a good defensive center fielder and a good power corner 
uh, outfielder, right? In the in those two players, I don't really know how much that they're gonna really last over the season. And we've seen it time and time again with those Brewers that the entire team works as a unit to get them to where they need to be. Mm-hmm. And we've seen them in situations where we don't. I don't think the thing about the Brewers is I don't think a lot of people really look at them and think elite all right. the time. And I think that's the beauty of the Brewers, is that you doubt them all the time, and then they come out and they show it up to you in your face. It's, yeah, other than Yelich and Hader on the Brewers, there's nothing really there that speaks to elite production, which is why I think people sleep on them. Uh, unlike, And they don't have that elite production, unlike uh, the Cardinals. They have Paul Goldschmidt, Carlos Martinez, uh, Nolan Arenado. Like, the Cardinals just have, I think the Cardinals, to reiterate my point, have that elite production that will take them over the top of a weak division. But I think we got to move on to a team that I I will admit I sleep on a little in the Chicago Cubs. I, I, I will admit, I will, I'll start by saying this, Jock Peterson's looked really good so far in spring training for the Cubs. He's been, he's been hitting well. But you do lose... The person that Jock Peterson is replacing, which is Schwarber, who has been a kind of a franchise player for them uh, in that lineup. And you're losing you, Darvish, right. who had a competing for the Cy Young type yeah. season. Yeah, you lose you, Darvish. I mean, you lose John yeah. Lester. Lose and I don't Kyle know Schwarber. how impactful John Lester right. is really at this point in his career, but you do lose Lester. I mean, they, I mean, they have Jake Arrieta back, but. Like what well, is so that, what how, is that going to do with this? Point? How good is he in this yeah. point of his career? Like, what is, We've seen what, what really happened in the, with the Phillies. Yeah, he kind of fell off a cliff. I mean, beyond Jock Peterson, they didn't really do too much to address any needs on the team. I mean, Brandon Workman's okay, but like, it, like there isn't really much there with the Cubs that but, says, "Wow, this team's going to improve on last season." You, but you do have players that have been there for their core. Their core is still there. Right, but you know, I mean, they got eliminated by the Marlins in the post lat in last season. Like that's like I just don't really see. Like I think at that point you really need to improve the team if you want to get back there. And for well, me, for the sure. Cubs just didn't do that. And you you have players on this team that when we that are players that are past prime or they're not right. there anymore, such as Craig Kimbrell. Mm. You know, I mean, he was the clock's a, ticking. He's He's really fallen off a cliff as well. And I think that's how you can sum up the Cubs. Right. Is that time is ticking. Yeah. And obviously, their core won a ring. Yeah. And Theo Epstein's gone. Yeah. And now they're going to be into another era of Cubs baseball as time is going on. Are they going to sign Chris Bryant back? I don't know. Yeah, and Chris Bryant was wrapped up in trade rumors all offseason, potentially with the Mets. So I think... Even if they don't trade him this season, I think it's pretty clear that the clock is ticking on the Cubs and that Chris Bryant might not be playing for the Cubs sooner rather than later. And yeah, I think that that core that has come up and has played with each other and have been really interesting. Um, it's a shame because I really wanted to watch right. that core play. I really wanted to get out to Wrigley at one point and get mm. to see all those guys perform together and all that. But, you know, yeah. with Theo being gone... And it's really looking a little dim for the Cubs. And I think they're going to hit another rebuilding stage. Yeah, I, I think, or at least in the short term, they won't be bad with the players they, they have now. Because it's really hard to they be won't. bad with Chris Bryant and Javi Baez and Rizzo. Rizzo. And yeah, it's just hard for them to be bad with those players. But at this point, it's become very clear that they're not going to be able to keep up 
with teams like the Mets or Padres or Dodgers in the NL. Well, I don't think anybody in the Central is keeping up with any of those uh, <laughs> other teams. But well, sure, but like they're not gonna like if the goal's to get back to the World Series with that core, they're just straight up not gonna accomplish that with how good other teams in the NL are are getting and have been. Right, <laughs> right, right. And talking about teams that are not going to be competitive at all in this division, uh, I think you can make a case that the Cubs get on a run. They get they right. get up there. I think those three teams There's you can definitely a make a case. But yeah. the Reds and the Pirates. Now, listen, Reds fans. Listen, <laughs> Pirates fans. Okay? The Reds, I don't really know much about. Yeah. But the Pirates, on the other hand, you're gonna getting be bad. a lot of... They're going to be bad. They're going to be bad. But hey, you've traded away every single star pitcher that you've ever had <laughs> so that you can have 14 prospects. <laughs> every player. Yeah, uh, yeah the, they traded away everything. It is a uh, remarkable fire sale for the Pirates. It, it is like... It's like watching uh, like a sh- like a store sh- you get- like sell everything, like go out of business in real time. Like, it's last day of business. Like, right. everything must go. Total liquidation. Right. Just... And you have you have Garrett Cole getting traded. You have Tyler Glass now. You have every single nice pitcher. You have Joe Musgrove this season. Josh Bell, who's a switch-hitting, power-hitting <laughs> first baseman who can hit from both sides tank shots. Three yeah. home runs in a game into the river over there in right. Pittsburgh. In and you get rid of him. He's gone. The yeah. Pirates are going to be dreadful this season. <laughs> They're going to be terrible. Oh my! And They're going to be awful. There's just not anything to get excited about. How do you about, believe really? in that front office? And obviously, you I just think can't. it. I think it's part of it being. It's, it's really ownership too. Like right. Like their their owner is just like he's. A, I mean, he's a cheapskate. He's. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it is. It is Ben Sherrington over there, and I think part of it. Is Ben Sherrington comes in to a team, I think it was, what, uh, a couple years ago, he comes into this Pirates team, and he wants to create his own core, he wants to create his own, uh, his own team based off of what he believes in prospects. Just starting from scratch. Which, I don't know if it's the best idea, but, you know, if he does have a long-term plan, and listen, Pirates fans, I'm not gonna say you're (laughs) bound to be bad forever, but I'm saying this is not your yeah. year. This is this is the uh, this is a crucial step in what is going to be a very very long rebuild. It, you, I mean, they're not. They might not. When when do you then when do we think the pirates will start to see the uh, fruits of their labor? Two, to, I think three, three for sure. <laughs> three for we'll definitely, oh, definitely be seeing those players start performing well, or yeah. I mean, seeing what they can do, whether they're busts or not, but. Uh, definitely three years and you know what's funny i think we're harder on the pirates than we are on the rockies and we despise the rockies in our off-season analysis i like the pirates like they're like it's just like i like who doesn't like who doesn't like the pirates the nice yellow team they're just so pleasant the pirates are just pleasant raise the jolly roger (laughs) i mean i like what they got going and i love their uniforms the black Back pants with the nice yeah. like pinstripe. Pirates got and some stuff. of the best uniforms in baseball, for sure. and I know black and yellow is sort of Pittsburgh's gimmick. But I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right, right, right. <laughs> but I think we got to move and talk about the Reds because we didn't really touch on them. Do you have anything to really say about the Reds besides the fact that they did lose their Cy Young <laughs> winner, Trevor Bauer? I mean, 
They didn't really do anything. Like, I mean, they failed to offer contra- contracts to Brian Goodwin and all, and all them. But, like, I mean, they got Sean Doolittle, I guess. I mean, they didn't really do anything. Oh, they, I mean, they just kind of lost Trevor Bauer and were, and were like, okay, I guess our hands are tied. And it's like, I can't really expect anything from them. I mean, consolation prize, at least you'll be better than the Pirates. But that that is a very, very <laughs> low bar to clear. But it's not all dim. You, you do mention Doolittle. I don't think that's a very great signing anyways. Doolittle is very dodgy mm, nowadays. Right. He's not in his prime anymore. Uh, it's a move that I would see the Cubs doing at this point. <laughs> but uh, you do have a great pitcher like Luis Castillo to be their right. ace this season. Uh, Mike Moustakas is still or is there. Uh, he's going to be great for them. Uh, Aristides Aquino. I've been watching him from last season. He's a very strong power hitter that I think has a lot of upside to him if he can start getting a higher batting average. Right. Uh, Lucas Sims. I think there's good players here. I mean, you you even have Castellanos. They do have players that are stars that will definitely set them better, set them to be better than those Pirates. But once again, like you mentioned, yeah. that's not a very um, hard thing to do. Yeah, it's not a it's not a high bar. And, and while there's certainly, it's certain, there's certainly decent pieces right. with the Reds, but it's not enough to even be better than the Cubs. Or no, no, Brewers no. At this I point. mean, Joey Votto is yeah. great. Jesse Winker is great. Amir Garrett is okay as a reliever, but I mean, they're just not, I don't think they're going to be better than the Cubs in the, yeah. as the season totals because they still have, um, you know, just those cornerstone players of their franchise. Right, right. And yeah, it, it just doesn't really seem like it's going to be the Reds here either. But with that, I think I want to get into our predictions well, for the NL Central. Yes, we do have to talk about it. And then yeah. Nate, why don't since I left off yeah. the last one going first, why don't you go yeah. first here? I have the Cardinals winning the division. I have the Brewers in second, the Cubs in third, the Reds in fourth, and the Pirates in a lowly fifth. <laughs> a lowly fifth. <laughs> a lowly fifth. They're, I mean, they're not going to be good. I be have the Brewers winning the division huh. instead of the Cardinals. I could see it where the Cardinals do override that and they do make it over because they do have the star power. Right. But I just believe that we sleep on those Brewers all the time. <laughs> and I think that they made some pretty dang good depth improvements to help out the roster as a whole. Right. Uh, but I do have the Cardinals in second place. And then the same way that you have the Cubs, Reds, and Pirates to round out the bottom of that division, that's that's exactly how I have it. And a lowly, a lowly, <laughs> lowly Pirates. Pirates. Oh, Sorry, Pirates fans. Right, yeah, it's okay. I'm, I'm here if you need to talk, Pirates fans. I get it. Tanking's not fun. Tanking's not fun, <laughs> and they do need to find that treasure. And if right. we're going to be talking about finding treasure, we are going to have to move on to the national league east in which the mets definitely found the x on the spot (laughs) and found the treasure chest from the map getting landing francisco lindor and carrasco this east is going to be very interesting it's going to be a bloodbath there are so there are so there are so many teams in this division where you could make the case that they, they could be a playoff team i think the Braves, Mets, Phillies, and Nationals, I think there's an outside shot all like they could all be playoff teams. Not all at once, obviously. Because <laughs> oh, that's impossible. Really? Oh. But <laughs> genius. But <laughs> no, I definitely think there's a case to be made that any four of those teams could win the division. Or right. be a play- or 
and even more of a case to be made that they can reach a playoff spot. Well, let's talk about that Mets into depth, and I know you would probably have a great amount of things <laughs> to talk about it. Um, yes. From ownership to the actual way that this team's going to perform during this season. Let's start off with those Mets as they were the most active members of oh, this absolutely. Uh, offseason. As a fan, they have... They're out of excuses this year. They have no excuse not to make the playoffs this year. They, they, you could have made the case that they should have made it last year. I mean, but you know, traditional metting happened and they didn't. So I think this year, there's no excuses. This team is, pro- like, I've seen so many power rankings that have the Mets in the top five. That's, that's as a fan, as a lifelong fan, that's surreal. Uh, yeah, there. It's not like there. It's not like there's no reason for that. Cause yeah, the Mets had a litany of offseason acquisitions, namely, arguably the best uh, prize of this offseason in Francisco Lindor. He's top two shortstop in the game, if not top one. And he, and we didn't. And giving up Andre Jimenez and Ahmed Rosario, it that impact is felt because they're good players, but they are no Lindor. Which is it? it I, I just seeing him in spring training so far. It just looks like he was born to wear the orange and blue. It's so nice. I feel like you say that about every player, though. Oh, I say that about every. Okay. I feel like you do. I see, feel like. I see, feel Trevor, like. I, I will. I will say this. Trevor Bauer would have looked damn good in orange and blue. I'm sure Mike Trout would have too. <laughs> and George Springer. Uh-huh, um, yeah. But that's okay. That's okay. Not everyone can handle it. <laughs> but no. Getting James McCann is a great sign. <laughs> Getting James McCann is a great signing. You're right. And I think that was yeah. a good move by yeah. them. I um, mean, <clears throat> the front office, getting a new ownership. They are playing for the ring. They yes. are going for They're it. Going for it. And In I a think stack division. They are love to absolutely see it. going for it, which I love to see. This team, it, this team feels stacked. As a, as a fan, this team feels stacked. I mean, you have one of the best outfields in baseball. You've got Conforto, Nemo. You've got McNeil playing everywhere. You have a murderer's row of batters. You have, in my opinion, the best pitcher in baseball in Jacob deGrom. It's, this team is one of the most stacked teams in recent memory for the Mets. I am To say I'm excited for the season is an understatement. Yeah, it all, it all comes down to the new ownership because, I, I mean, as Marcus Stroman cited, like when he re-signed with the Mets on the qualifying offer, he cited Steve Cohen. He cited this new drive to spend and win and turn the Mets into this big market team they've always been capable of being. And, you know, they are a massive market team now more than ever. Right. And you have a player like Pete Alonso who's coming back on to what now? Polar Is it his third year? Yes, sir. Third season? Third season. Um, you have Syndergaard there. Yeah. You have Stroman in that rotation. You have really good pitchers. Yeah. You have a great pitching yeah. staff. They added more pitchers, But what too. about that bullpen? Do you know, yeah. what do you think about your chances with that those guys being there? It's... I don't think it'll be as bad as it was last year. Edwin Diaz did have a bounce back year last year. He was he was fantastic, and when he, when he did play, they did sign Trevor May. So you've got two good guy, two guys who all things the same should be good in the bullpen. It's not enough to uh, really make it an elite bullpen, but it it'll definitely uh, shore it up somewhat. They also did add a few more pitch, a uh, few more names to really help them there. They added Joey Lucchesi in that three team trade. With the Pirates and Padres, they signed Jorman Yamamoto, Aaron Louv, Taiwan Walker, and Sean Reed Foley. They did make they they the moves they made this offseason, I think it's clear that they are playing not only to win this division but to to go to the World Series, which is a tall task considering that the Braves are still really good. They might not even win their division, and it it'll be really tough if they match up with the Padres 
in that wild card round, but if they get if they avoid the Padres or Dodgers in that first round, I think they could do well. I think they could make a run. I think you guys have a good amount of uh, yeah. really good relievers <laughs> in that uh, bullpen as well. I and I asked you, but I do have my own input on that yeah. in the fact where I think Jerry's familiar. He's yeah. been on and off, but I think he is Tom good. Gold. Aaron Liu. Uh, signing, signing him is yeah. going to be big for you guys getting that bullpen uh, arm as well as getting a player like Dallin Patances and I know he's been there but right. he's also good in the bullpen and I think you can overshadow him because you don't think Dallin Patances in Mets you think of him probably still in a Yankees right. uniform so I think you guys do have some pretty good relievers that are in that bullpen that could uh, really help out with that rounding out that pitching staff but talking about a pitching staff and talking about how good that Braves are going to be. How good that pitching staff is. They're young. They're growing together. Added and they Charlie Morton. Added Charlie yeah. Morton to it. Yeah, they did. Add, they added Charlie Morton. I think the name of the game with the Braves this offseason was like was quality over quantity because they didn't have too many notable notable moves that will keep them in contention for the division. But the ones they did have were very notable. I mean, re-signing Marcelo Zuna. Was big even if the NL is not going to have a DH this this season. It's still big. He's still an absolutely ferocious bat that is always going to be welcome. Uh, Drew Smiley and Charlie Morton. They did add what they needed to that pitching staff. I think there's I think there's a case to be made that they can make it to the World Series. Of year, course, they really because I, I think it's so easy to forget they were one game away and they and, didn't and change tra- and, anything yeah. and they didn't lose anything. Right, they didn't change anything. They didn't lose anything. the o- The only thing really stopping them at this point is that pretty much every team around them got better. Like the Mets got better, the Padres got better, the Do- the Dodgers just got richer. Heck, the Nationals. Yeah, got better. the Nationals got better. So it's like it's just hard. I think that there's a case to be made that they'll definitely still win the division, but. Like there and there's a case to be made that they can make it to the World Series this time around, but it's just like the road is going to be much uh, less clear than it was last season. Sure, but I mean, adding Charlie Morton to that team does help them improve. And right. a starting rotation that early has Charlie Morton, has Max Fried, has Mike Soroka, has Fultowitz, you know, has all these guys. I mean, even Sean Newcomb, who doesn't get talked enough mm. talked about enough, is a really good starter. So they have really good starting pitching. I think the bullpen could use work. Mm. Um, I think that is what really hurt him in the in the postseason. But I mean, you still have Acuna, you still have Ozzy, you still have Freddie Freeman. These guys are massive units that in the lineup. That core is still so scary to face night in and night out. Oh, it's, for sure, it's still scary. I still think they're going to win the division, and that pains me as a Mets fan. But like, honestly, the, the Mets aren't going to be better than the Braves until they prove it to me. Because I, I've been fooled by the Mets before. You know, I, I still I I think the Mets will be good no matter what. But I still think this is the Braves' division to lose. And we we can use the same kind of pointers as we yeah. did with the Padres in the fact where we haven't seen a lot of these guys perform right. all together on one team. Well, I think it's a little different about the Mets because I do think that they had a lot of people that are pretty good. Um, that play together all the time. And right. McNeil and Pete Alonso growing together as yeah. teammates. But we haven't seen the locker room function together. We can only base it off of the statistics, of course. Right. But that is a factor you have to think about. A, a full season, a healthy roster, and time to develop chemistry. And most importantly, 
a brand new superstar in the lineup is going to really help the Mets here. New superstars always help your lineup be better. (laughs) But let's talk about some superstars that are already on some rosters in the Nationals where they already have uh, a World Series winning team in Max Scherzer, Juan Soto, Trey Turner, these really good three players that are there, and they add to it with getting Josh Bell as well. And Kyle Schwarber, who has that experience, uh, Brad Hand, adding to the bullpen. The Nationals might not be looked at as much as a powerhouse with the overshadowing with the Mets just because of new ownership right. and that they're going to spend. But they had a great offseason. They did. They did. I think the Na- I think the Nationals are a dark horse for a wild card spot. I, I think that their offseason was incredibly underrated. Like I don't see it talked about nearly as much as some other notable teams in the NL, like the Padres or Mets, or like the Padres or Mets or Dodgers offseason. But yeah, adding Kyle Schwarber, Brad Hand, John Lester, Josh Bell, like those are good. Those are really solid, good moves that you could that will definitely move them up in the division. And if not, they'll totally they will be much better than they were last season after their uh, World Series hangover. I think I think this division has the best starting rotations. Oh my, absolutely. I mean, you have Scherzer, Strasburg, and you have Patrick Corbin. On that rotation, adding a very old John Lester doesn't really do too much for you. Right. But, I mean, he's going to be there to maybe give advice to some maybe under younger pitchers. Joe Ross is still there. I just believe the NL East has such great starting pitchers. Right. It's uh, it, it's uh, it's pitchers galore in the NL East. I mean, you have Jacob deGrom. You got Max Scherzer. You got... Syndergaard. Yeah. You just have all these Yanola, names. It's, it's now just, you have Carrasco to add right. to it. You it's know, just, it's insane, but it's really interesting to watch. And it makes it right. great viewing as a neutral fan uh, <laughs> for me. And it's it insane to so think good. about how the Nationals won a World Series just yeah. a couple years ago. Yeah. Being that Cinderella story yes. team that nobody yes. would have believed yes. in. I, I dislike, I, as a fan, I don't like seeing the Nationals succeed, but they were a fantastic cinderella story right right right, right. and so in talking fun. about this year it's no different it's no different in the fact that we can't count out the nationals to make a postseason run uh right. you can't look at them personally i feel that with the braves and mets there it's gonna be hard for me to just envision it myself but i've always kind of doubted the nationals in the fact um right. in a certain <sighs> manner um, even regardless of their stars that they have. But mm. Juan Soto growing as a player and getting better and better and better all the time is nef- definitely, definitely going to help that roster out. Oh, for sure. Um, but we do have to move on because we are taking a lot of time with these teams. We do have to talk about the Phillies, who you always talk about, which I think <laughs> we need to get a shirt for it. We need to get your face. We need and a, a shirt. And we need a shirt, and it just says Murderer's Row. And murderers it's just row. a bunch of bats. They are a murderer's row. It's, okay. just, it's But I do believe that you use this term a lot and a lot and a lot over and over again. And to describe the Phillies, you've absolutely used this murderer's row term. Re-signing Romito, having Gregorius, having right. all these different high-impact high batters right. in the lineup. They finally did something to at least shape up the bullpen they did make the bullpen tweaks which is so important to that team but they still don't have the starting pitching they do not have anybody on that rotation that i can put my faith in there aren't really many faces in that rotation besides besides maybe nolan zach wheeler that i'm looking at like 
if I'm gonna like if I'm an opposing batter, I'm not super scared facing the Phillies on any given night. And I think it's, it's only because you have to compare it to the other players in their division, where you have right. these elite. You have elite rotations. pitching staffs. I mean, in terms of like, you have the Braves, the Mets, and the Nationals with just horribly scary pitching rotations, where there's not a pitcher on that roster you want to face. One. Mm-hmm. Whereas with the Phillies, it, it, it's almost like a, bre- a breath of. Uh, fresh air for batters where there aren't enough impressive arms in that rotation to really put them over the top against the Mets or Braves or Nationals really but as we did mention with the Nationals this team with an offense that they have there is a you can definitely make a case you can definitely make a case that they can make a wild card run yes they're a great team they have a lot of upside in that department I don't know where they're getting this money from that they're signing these all these players onto, and that's probably why they don't have starting pitching is because they can't pay any starting pitchers to come play for their team anymore. <laughs> but no money. if we're going to be talking about a rebuild process, yeah. we're going to be talking about prospects coming up the pipeline. we got to talk about those Miami Marlins. The big fish. They The big fish in this division. <laughs> um, they did get a new GM this offseason, so you don't expect a lot of different moves as – she is going to get into that um, right. place and trying to make it all good and stuff like that. But they do have a lot of prospects coming up the pipeline. Right. They have got guys, They have guys on the way. I, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs again, unfortunately. I, I, do, I don't want to say last year was a fluke, but their division only got infinitely more brutal. And they don't really have the cavalry to compete. They they're, signed Starling Marte as right. a star player for their team, in my opinion, but... Besides Jonathan VR, uh, Sixto Sanchez, who is an amazing pitcher, right. comparisons to Pedro Martinez mm-hmm. have been brought up as that was his favorite player growing up, and that's the person he models himself after. Right. He looks great. He has an amazing changeup. Jorge Alfaro being his battery piece. Um, right. They just have all these young players. Um, Jesus Sanchez, to name another one. They have a lot of things going right for them in the future, but it is not their year, especially right. when you talk about a division as competitive as theirs. Right, but I do think we got to move on to our predictions for the NL East. I have the Braves, unfortunately, winning the division as a fan. Uh, the Mets come in second and get that second wild card spot. The Phillies, uh, the star, the Phillies' star power powers them in the third. The Nationals are an unfortunate fourth, and the Marlins are fifth. And for me, I also have the Braves taking that division as they have proved to me time and time again that they are a really great team with a great core, with a great just pitching staff as well. Mm. Uh, I have the Mets in second place, and it's really tough for me because I think you can make a case that whoever comes second in the Central, if we base it off of however I've been doing these other predictions, the competition in the East is definitely going to weigh a lot on those Mets um mm. and having that uh having to face all that competition throughout the season will definitely play a big role in it but i do also have the mets in second place and getting that second wild card spot to face off against the padres in the third slot i have the nationals followed by the phillies and the marlins in last place in the division i feel like you could go either way with the nationals or phillies taking that third spot i i think i think a coin could flip because i mean the phillies just have that and murders row but the nationals have that world series core and an absolutely elite pitching staff right so you really could go either way there but Mm -hmm. i think we want to move on to our predictions predictions for for the the nl 
and who we have going to the World Series. Before we do that, do we both agree on this factor that the Dodgers will have the best record in baseball, warranting them the face to face the wild card? Yeah, absolutely. They're right. going to have the best record. In I baseball. believe so as well. Yeah. Both of us have the, the same wild card. Padres versus Mets. Right. Mets fan, take it away. I This pains me to admit but I really don't see the Mets beating the Padres when it comes down to it. I think the Padres have a better roster. I think they're a bit more proven than we are. It's it sucks, but at the same time, it's like it won't be the Mets. Hopefully, it won't be the Mets' only chance. But yeah, I have the Padres over the Mets in the wild card round. What about you? I have a similar take on that, mm-hmm. but I I have it for different reasons. Now, this game is going to come down to how good is Jacob Degrom going to be in that game. He is a big turning point for them. If right. he can give them a seven solid innings, six solid innings, I mean, there's a great chance that that Mets team wins that game. It's not impossible. For sure. I mean, yeah. it's one game of baseball. It is one game of baseball. The Mets still have an elite team going forward. It's just, it's so hard to see any team besides the Dodgers beating the Padres, if I'm completely honest. It's like the Padres right. are just loaded. But it is baseball, and any team can win right there. And in my opinion, when it comes to the Mets and it comes to the Padres, and if we're talking about playoff pushes coming late into the season, my theory is that the Padres are going to have a lot more stress-free trip to the postseason. They are not going to have to stress about it coming into the late areas. They're not going to have to push their starters. They're going to be able to rest them in getting into playoff mentality. When it comes to the Mets, they're going to be competing. They're going to be fighting for Mm. that spot. They're going to be restless. I think that that's going to have an effect on a player like Jacob DeGrom. Coming up to the late part of the season, he might not be able to perform at that level getting there. And that's why I have the Padres overtaking the Mets in that wild card game. I do agree with your point there. I really think that I mean, the Padres aren't going to win that division, but they're certainly going to be better than the Giants, Diamondbacks, and Rockies. Right. So they won't have to, other than the Dodgers, they don't really have that same level of competition the Mets are going to have to deal with in the NL East. So I think you're right. The value of resting starters there, the value of getting guys ready for the playoffs is going to come in, is definitely going to come in handy for the Padres. And moving into <laughs> our divisional rounds, I we both have the Dodgers and the Padres. So why don't we discuss right there how we think that series would play out. Five-game series is going to be the talk of of baseball if it does happen to be that uh, way. I, I really want to be optimistic here and say the Padres. Like, I really want to. Because, I mean, this is, it wouldn't be the first time this Dodgers core has lost in the NLDS, but it would be the first time with Mookie Betts and... Let's not Have the forget Dodgers faced and a challenger in the NL as good as this Padres team could be. They did face the Padres last right. off or last postseason, and the reason that they won it all for that series was because Cody Bellinger robbed a home run from Fernando yeah. Tatis Jr. that would have tied the game, saving two runs on the board. Just on... snatched the soul of San Diegans. Right, and, and <laughs> I think, and I think that does have to play a role. Is that this team? only improved in the offseason even though we have all the information that the Padres are great and that the Dodgers are great and the Dodgers won the World Series last season it's hard for me to just be like the Padres are gonna win it 
Right. And I think for that reason, I am going to stick to the Dodgers winning that five-game series. Have Picking up Trevor Bauer is going to add depth to that rotation. We know how amazing that pitching staff is as a whole. And I think that's what sets apart from those uh, from those Padres. Yeah, it's, it's really tough for me because both of these teams are absolutely stacked. They have arguably the two best pitching rota- the two best rotations in baseball. They have some of the best batters in baseball. These are these might just be the two best teams in baseball going at each other in the NLDS. So it's I'm I get hyped just thinking about this series. Call me cautiously optimistic. Call me uh call me someone who just doesn't want to see the Dodgers win, but I will take the Padres over the Dodgers in the NLDS. You will take the Padres. I will take the Padres. Call me optimistic, Listen, but I will take them. I don't think that that's a bad take at all. No. And I think that um, coming down to it, it's going to be how those starting pitchers could perform. Uh, we haven't seen the new uh, Padres bullpen in effect. Right. Um, I think that's going to be a huge swaying factor. Every postseason, it comes down to it. Uh, the bullpen matters. Always the bullpen matters. And it's not a... No, relief pitchers aren't talked about enough right. in baseball on how important they are, but uh, I feel like that's where it's going to come down to is the bullpen. It's, right, it's just going it to is it's going to take a little more effort for the Padres to win that, but to win that matchup. But I think it's certainly possible, and the optimist in me really wants to see the Padres win. And in a series that I feel could go either way anyway, right. I, I think I'll take the Padres over the Dodgers in the NLDS. And moving over <laughs> to the other divisional uh, round series, I have the Braves versus those Milwaukee Brewers, and you have the Braves versus the Cardinals. I will right. go with my take first on this series. Braves pitching staff is insane. They have a stars on stars on stars. And I know we have the Brewers who are always competitive, but... In my opinion, and how I believe it's going to come out to be, the Braves take that series. I think it would be done in four. I, I don't right. think that, that that even goes to five games. Uh, the Braves are going to win that uh, divisional round series, taking them to the championship series. Oh, I agree. I, don't, I think whatever NL Central team is going to play the Braves in the NLDS isn't going to last very long. I, th- I, don't, I'm not, I don't know if it'll be a sweep, but I definitely think that whether it's the Cardinals or the Brewers, they won't provide too much of a fight against the Braves. I, th- I think I have the Brave, the Braves just kind of outclassed the NL Central's teams, prospective playoff teams, in this case, the Brewers and the Cardinals. But for me, yeah, I have the Braves over the Cardinals pretty handily in the NLDS. Going to the championship series, me having the rematch, the Dodgers versus the Braves, a game away from the World Series the Braves were last season, adding Charlie Morton versus adding Trevor Bauer to an already established team. Um, This Dodgers team, you spend in $250 million in payroll, and if it's not paying out for you, I don't know what you're going to do. Personally, I can't see any other way that the Dodgers don't take this series. Maybe it plays out a similar way. Maybe there is uh, some impactful home runs. Losing Kike, who was a great player in that series, is going to be huge for them. But they still have Corey Seager. They still have so many players. They have MVPs on MVPs in the fact of of, of Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, and Kershaw. You know, I just believe that this team is going to make it back to the World Series if... Everything goes to plan. Yeah, I mean, losing Kike there is certainly impactful, but it the Dodgers are so stacked that it really doesn't matter because they'll have guys that can just 
fill that impact vacuum right. that he left. But as for me, I have the Padres over the Braves in the NLCS because I have the Padres beating the Dodgers in the DS. And I, I again, I just if assuming they beat the Dodgers, the Padres are just just stacked. It's it's hard. Other than the Dodgers, it's hard to see any team really beating the Padres in a seven-game series. Like, right. I, I, And as good as the Braves are, I don't know if they can compete with a team as young and hot as the Padres for seven games. If they couldn't compete with the Dodgers last year, I don't really see them competing with the Padres this year. I, I agree with what you're saying right there. And uh, apologies to Braves fans because I feel like every single year they make it to the postseason and then they're just like, oh, we're so close, we're so close, we're they so close. They just get so close and so close. And, and then it's they never fall. Enough. It's like, I mean, they were the team of the 90s. Yeah. I think it's just an Atlanta thing. Atlanta <laughs> yeah. loves to be good at, to an extent and then <laughs> blow everything away. Yeah, it's just, it's it, it feels like fate at this point with, the, with Atlanta sports teams, with the Braves. It's like, because it's just like, you play in Atlanta, you're going to choke, we're not going to judge you for it, it just kind of happens at this point, and we all accept it, because it's just become tradition. And if you're going to talk about tradition, we do got to talk about the biggest competition in baseball, World the Series. World Series. And to remind you, I have the White Sox in the World Series to face the Dodgers, and Nate, you have the Yankees to face the Padres. Yep. Seven game series, the White Sox. I'm very, very. It's a questionable call by me <laughs> in the first place, and I think that if it, they're facing those Dodgers, ain't no way in right. hell if, that those Dodgers. Uh, White don't Sox lose. versus Dodgers. I don't really see a path to victory for the White Sox. I think the AL significantly weaker than the NL this year. Anyway. I think it could be a sweep. Yeah, it might be a sweep. But, the, the Dodgers might sweep the White Sox. Now, as for my World Series prediction. I have. The, I think I, I'll take the Padres over the Yankees. I think the Padres win their first World Series because the Yankees, while they are good, they've shown that they're injury prone. They've shown that they haven't had what it takes to get to get all the way in previous years. And I don't, I'm not sure they definitely have the bullpen to compete with the with the uh, Padres, but I don't know if they have the stamina to outlast them. So I think I'd take in that series. I think I'd take the Padres in six. I'm very happy with that decision. As a Red Sox fan, <laughs> yeah. I would not want to hear about the 28 rings that they have. Oh my god. Uh, but 28 when... rings would be awful. <laughs> that does wrap it up. That yep. is our MLB predictions. All postseason slots to fill it out. I having the Dodgers as the back-to-back 2020 and 2021 World Series champions. Yeah. And I have the San Diego Padres winning their first World Series, taking it all in 2021. San Diego fans deserve something good at this point. I think that you're you're you have a much more fun idea of what <laughs> will happen this year, and I have a much more boring idea <laughs> of what is going to happen. I do hope to see those Padres maybe make make that World Series. If run. not the Mets, I'd want it to be the Padres. Yeah, I'd want it to be the Padres. I that team is so likable and so fun. Honestly, if I honestly, if we do get eliminated, I would want it to be the Padres cuz they are just such a fun, likable team where I I definitely feel the least bad if they were the ones knocking us out of the playoffs. And that is the beauty of this <laughs> year of baseball. 2021 is the year of fun. Fun baseball teams, yes, fun sir. characters, fun personalities, and hopefully 
in a time where everything we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel for this pandemic, everybody can enjoy some great baseball for the 2021 season. And with that, that is going to close out predictions week. Well, the predictions for the regular season right. week. And the postseason. Because we are going to be talking about the award winning as a part of next week's episode. Right. Um, we'll be hitting from the MVPs, the Cy Young, Rookie of the Year. Maybe we'll throw in some Silver Slugger candidates as mm-hmm. well. It's hard to kind of judge Golden Gloves, but maybe we'll mm. throw in some of those too. Right. But that is going to be it for this episode of the Two Seam Podcast. If you did enjoy the podcast, please follow us on Spotify. That way you can be notified whenever we go and upload an episode. As well as following us on Spotify, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, we are not extremely active on twitter but we do plan to eventually when the regular season starts and our schedules free up we want to use it more actively and and getting into that whole aspect uh i and nate are much more active on our personal twitter accounts which is at tyler underscore underscore foy and at lannon underscore nate thank you for listening to this episode of the two scene podcast (laughs) 